On average, my homilies are 1,150 words long. That translates to about eight to nine minutes in length. So if you figure that you see me every other week because of the two churches that we have, that's about 25 weekends a year, give or take. There are also six holy days of obligation during the year, which, by the way, this Thursday, August 15th, is one of those holy days where you must attend Holy Mass that day. But there's six holy days, uh, so figure that you might catch three of them with me, three with Monsignor, so we'll add another three to the total, which gives us a total of about 28 Sundays worth of homilies per year that you will hear from me. So if we take that number, 28, and then we multiply it by nine minutes long, in case I'm going long that day, then divide that total by 60, you get about 4.2 hours of homilies from me a year. 4.2 hours of homilies sounds like a lot, doesn't it? Well, thank God you said no, because there are 8,760 hours in a year. And I get a total of 4.2 of them to try and change your life and help you get to heaven. 8.4 hours of homilies if you make it every Sunday and every holy, holy day of obligation without missing per year. But Mass isn't just about the homily, is it? So let's bump those numbers up, shall we? Because Mass on average lasts about 60 minutes. Uh, so take that, 52 weekends a year, and again, six holy days of obligation. It gives us a total of about 58 hours a year that you spend in church, which, again, there are 8,760 hours in the year. So if you're spending 58 of them in church, that is 0.006% of your year in church. They say by the time you spend 10,000 hours doing something, you become an expert. So if you spend 58 hours a year in church, it would take you 172 years to become an expert. Just as a perspective, GBH Insights Research Group has found that on average, people spend about 10 hours a week watching Netflix. St. Clair of Assisi tells us, we become what we love. So I would say that we have a lot of Catholics who are better catechized by Netflix than they are by the church. So it's not surprising to me when this past weekend, uh, I'm sorry, this past week, a Pew Research study came out saying that only about one-third of Catholics who attend Mass every weekend truly believe that the Eucharist we receive is the actual body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. So to put that in perspective, we have three Masses here on Sunday morning. Two out of those three Masses, none of the people there believe in the real presence of the Eucharist. So I ask again, do we know what we're doing? The Israelites in the first reading knew exactly what they were doing when it came to the first Passover. They awaited the salvation of the just and the destruction of their foes, as we heard in the first reading. Earlier in the book of Exodus, Pharaoh decrees that all the male Israelite babies should be killed. Now, contrast that with the Passover. What price does God exact from Pharaoh? He takes all the firstborn males 
who were not under the protection of the blood of the sacrificial Passover lamb. The Passover was the final event that precipitated the release of the people of Israel from slavery in Egypt. The Passover is a foretaste of the Lord's passion by which Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, would be sacrificed and therefore humanity would no longer be enslaved to sin. The author of the letter to the Hebrews from our second reading speaks of the evidence of things not seen called faith. Evidence of things not seen. This isn't a magical concept or a theological concept. I have never physically seen my own heart, but I believe it's there. I have a heartbeat. I'm alive, but I've never physically seen the heart inside my chest. Evidence of things unseen is why we have the job title police detective. They find evidence of things that happen but weren't seen. One of the things God empowers us with is the ability to determine truth. Through the use of our will and intellect, we are able to generally figure out if someone is telling us the truth or not. We often judge the truth of the testimony of someone, even if they give testimony about things not seen. And so we go back to the words of Jesus and we judge their truth. He said, this is my body. This is my blood. He didn't say, this is a nice symbol for my love for you, or this is a nice thing to do to feel close to me after I'm gone. He said, this is my body. The Eucharist is truly the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. The accidents that we receive remain bread and wine, but the substance is flesh and blood actually present to be received by us in the most intimate of actions that a human being could ever be a part of. The only thing that comes close is the beautiful, life-giving action of self-giving love of spouses through the conjugal union. Translation, the only thing more intimate than sex between a married man and woman is receiving the Eucharist. In the gospel, Jesus is telling people to be ready and to know what they are doing. When he says, gird your loins and light your lamps, he is using the words that Moses used to the Israelites when he instructed them how they should eat the first Passover. Jesus uses these specific words so that his followers might better understand his sacrifice as the Lamb of God during his passion, and also so that we could see the continuity of the Old Testament and the New when he left us the Eucharist at the Last Supper. His words show that he fulfills the prophecy of the Old Testament, and his actions in the Gospel reveal the truth of his claims. I am the Lamb of God. This is my body. This is my blood. He says in the gospel that we should be ready for the return of the master whenever he comes. Part of being ready for the second coming is knowing what we are doing when we come forward to receive the Eucharist. He doesn't want us just to come forward because that's the next part of mass coming up or the fact that everyone else around us is going forward. 
He wants us to be prepared in our hearts and in our minds. A lot of that preparation is done before you ever come to Mass. One needs to be in a state worthy to receive the Lord, which means going to confession regularly. One also needs to take time every day at home to pray. One of the easiest ways to do this is to read the readings for the upcoming weekend and reflect on them. Just thinking about it right now, I will make it available so on our parish website, all you have to do is click a link and it'll take you to the upcoming readings. Do this at least once during the week because the Lord wants to speak to each and every one of us through His Word. I promise you, if you read the readings just once before you come to Mass, you will get so much more out of Mass each weekend. This week, I challenge you to read the readings for the upcoming Sunday at least once, and also to pray for our brothers and sisters who do not believe in the real presence of the Eucharist that they receive. The only way we can hope to become an expert at anything is to spend time doing what is important to us. This week, let's show God that He is important by reading His Word and by praying for a deeper devotion to the Eucharist.